This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We start the show out by giving you an update. Uh, Mark, you've got some news from the uh, Center for Small Government is the name of the organization. And I like the Center for Small Government. I like what it is that they stand for. I I mean, I, I myself am a kind of a, a no-coercive government kind of guy. But I like self-government. And I think the people at the Center for Small Government would share a lot with my particular viewpoint. And certainly a lot with your viewpoint, Mark. You're all in favor of the small government idea. Uh, in fact, the Center of Small Government, uh, Center for Small Government is the organization that came up with the Small Government Pledge, which we've mentioned a number of times in the past on this program. It's a, it's a simple concept. And basically, the Small Government Pledge is something for candidates, uh, political candidates, to, to swear an oath to, essentially saying that they pledge to never vote for an increase in the size of government and to actively work to decrease the size of government. Now, if you put that in front of any political candidate, there's a 99% chance they're not going to sign it. So if somebody actually signs the Small Government Pledge, it really shows that there's somebody with a, some level of principle and some level of dedication to the ideas uh, of small government. Uh, so I want to praise them where they deserve praise. I mean, they've done some really good work. And some of the other things they've been doing over at the Center for Small Government is they've been advocating for the repeal of the Massachusetts income tax. And as far as I'm concerned, that's good work, too. Uh, they tried it back in, I think it was 2002, and they uh, they got this on the ballot. They spent a lot of money promoting the idea, and it turned out that a, a 45% of Massachusetts voters in that particular election voted in favor of repealing the income tax. And I thought to myself at that time, wow, you know, that's really amazing that something so blatantly pro-freedom like that, uh, repealing the income tax, could get such a tremendous vote total. 45%, that's pretty significant. You know, I, I, to me, it seems like people would generally do what is uh, beneficial to them. People will do what's beneficial to them mm-hmm. from their perceived point of view. And to me, what's baffling is that people believe that they get more from, you know, the government by having an income tax than by not been than been by able to be oh, able yeah, to keep that amount crazy. of money. And uh, you know, that's what ba- baffles me. So people will always do what's in their self-interest, and th- they believe that an income tax is in their self-interest. That's what baffles me. Right, and it turns out that this time around, this year, 2008, they got the... Uh, I've got the numbers here. You don't need to, to give them off if you don't want. Well, I was want. just going to say, they got the provision on the ballot this time, and okay. it did worse. Yeah. And we reported it, and much worse, 70% uh, voted in favor of keeping the state income tax. And so I came on the air the day after, and when we were doing sort of an election wrap-up, looking at the various different uh, initiatives and things like that across the country, this was one of the most, I think, important ones out there, just to look at what people are thinking about the income tax. They're apparently saying, we love this thing, keep it around. And well, so, I, I think that even more significant than uh, Massachusetts is, uh, is North Dakota. North Dakota had a uh, provision on the ballot to, to do away with their income tax, mm-hmm. and they decided to keep it. You know, you would think a small state like North Dakota would be more pro-freedom. People are more self, self-sufficient. That yeah, kind more of, of a thing. western kind of state, or I guess it's not really the west, but it's pretty up close. North. I mean, it's 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 close to west. I'm sure they would consider themselves western. 
But, uh, you know, the, no, they decided to keep theirs, too. I think that North Dakota is more significant than Massachusetts. But Massachusetts, it's amazing to me that people it's Massachusetts is amazing. And North Dakota is even more amazing. People would choose to keep an income tax. Please take money from me so that you can take more money from that rich jerk over there. So it's we, so sick. Yeah. Well, we looked at the numbers. And 70% in Massachusetts saying, keep this stuff. I looked at that and I said, all right, this has got to be it, right? The Center for Small Government, they're going to throw in the towel. They've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Their contributors, of course, contributed all this money to try to get this on the ballot, to to promote it in the media as much as they could, to buy advertisements and that sort of thing in order to get people their awareness up on this. And I said to myself, and I said on the air, Please tell me that you're going to throw in the towel on Massachusetts and move, you know, 50 miles north or even less than that. It's not that long to cross Massachusetts, you know, 25 miles north. Move that far north. Come here to New Hampshire. Get active up here with these activists. As we've talked about, the best liberty activists in the world are coming here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to get active. And we've already seen a tremendous level of activism here. Having the Center for Small Government based in New Hampshire and doing activism here would be an immediate, uh, I think it would be a great help. And it would be an immediate reduction in income taxes because there is no personal income tax in the state of New Hampshire. So they'd immediately uh, have achieved their goal of no longer paying state income tax. And so I I said to myself, this has to be it. They're not going to go at this again. They lost even worse this time around. But, Mark, you're telling me that they're actually considering doing it again? Well, I'm not sure sure that they're they're considering doing it again. They're setting themselves up to do it again. Let me read the news. Let me read it to you. and what what are their names? Uh, Cloud, Carla and, Howell, and Michael Cloud are uh, yeah. the two heads of the organization. And I, they do do some good work, uh, you know. And and you sort of have to look at this from the point of view that if you're not looking at the Free State Project as an option, what choices do they have? Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, they're not looking at the Free State Project as an option. Apparently, they're not. And but the, which just is because, madness. Just in my because we, cause we came on the air doesn't mean that they heard what we said. That, I sent an email to them. Did you suggesting yep. it? Okay. Well, that that's important to know. Mm-hmm. All right. So basically, eleven seven thousand dollars was dumped in from union dues and union in kind contributions. So people that really didn't have the choice whether they uh, donated or not against what they raised, which was uh, for almost five hundred thousand dollars. Wait, I'm sorry. How much was the union? I seven million. Seven million. Okay, so, I said seven thousand for whatever. Reason. I, I might have said that. Who knows? Okay. Uh, so the union raised seven million to advertise against the repeal of the income tax. So the teachers' uh, union. Right. Fourteen times what uh, they they had. I mean, you might as well go fifteen, really, gotcha. <laughs> because it was a little less than a half mil. Um, the it was thirty to seventy, and what they do is they break it out. And interestingly, uh, they decided to go, um, you know, and look at this, the purse spending in 2002 versus 2008 and how many votes they got in 2002 and how many votes they got in 2008. And so then they asked the question beneath it, even though they did worse in 2002, um, they did better in 2002 than they did in 2008 because more people came out and voted in 2008. 2002 was an off year for an awful um, yeah. you know, off presidential year. This this year was a big one. Democrats came to the polls far more, uh, you know, in far more abundance mm-hmm. than Republicans did. I don't know that I think that that's necessarily a big um, a big thing. You know, I I just don't know. Um, but. Here they said, so why did we get roughly the same number of votes in 2002 to 2008? Well, then they did. They got about 15,000 more votes in 2008 than they did in 2002, but it was still significantly less of a percentage. Yeah. 
They say it's because we spent roughly the same amount of money on advertising both years. Doggone um, you libertarians. Why couldn't you give us five times the amount of money this time around? We could have won if you'd just given us more money. And, uh, you know, actually, I got these numbers wrong. I was looking at something the, the, the wrong thing here when I uh, when I quoted the amount of money that they spent. They didn't spend half a million on advertising. They spent 89000 in 2002 and 81000 in 2008. Okay. They spent every available do- dollar on advertising both times. Why did the teach- teachers union increase their no vote by uh, a million votes? Well, because they bought, uh, brought in and spent six million more in advertising than <laughs> the last time. Six million more advertising uh, money brought us 76 times our ad spending. Negative advertising works. Attack ads work. Right, it was scary fear-mongering stuff. Ad, fear-mongering ads work, especially when teachers' unions spend $6 million. I agree with all that. Absolutely I agree true. with it all. So my question is, is um, you know, what, what, what are you, you going to do about it? You know, you try to outspend the teachers union. It seems what it's it sounds to me like they they you know, they know what was raised by Ron Paul and it was some amazing money by people all over. Mm -hmm. They know it would be great. And it would be great if Massachusetts uh, income tax was done away with. It would show other states that they could get it um, done away with. But I just I don't imagine they brought in too much money outside of Massachusetts. I didn't give them anything. I, 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 why would I? Here, here's, here's what I'll give you. I'll give you um, a token so you can use it on the, uh, the freeway here to um, New Hampshire. <laughs> why in the world would I give you any money to do, do away with the income tax in Massachusetts? Right. If you get rid of the income tax in Massachusetts, it, it, you're right, Mark. It'd be a good be a bit of symbolism. But at the same time, you're not really doing much to stem the flow of statism coming from that place. I mean, there's always new government programs being created there. The government would probably just try to make up the money somewhere else by raising uh, property taxes or raising the sales tax or just insta- reinstituting an income tax. Uh, more on this on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, uh, freetalklive.com. The features include the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. Sex with the Virgin Mary. She's waited long enough. And Jimmy Cahill, a boozing, carousing cabbie from Boston, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb, Straight to hell. Get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or go to SexWithTheVirginMary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on tomorrow night's Free Talk Live podcast. Uh, That, again, is on Saturday the 22nd. Grab our podcast and you'll be able to hear us interviewing uh, Charles Webb from SexWithTheVirginMary.com. And, Mark, you read that book, so you've given your endorsement. It's great. All right, toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. I don't know. Maybe you can call and explain to us this madness that uh, the people over at the Center for Small Government appear to be suffering from uh, or suffering under, and uh, I guess both of that's inc- both of those are incorrect, but uh, incorrect English. Anyway, uh, the the people from the Center for Small Government are making excuses for themselves. What they did was they put a, a ballot measure up in Massachusetts this year and back in 2002 to repeal the state income tax. In 2002, they got 45% of the vote. 
in 2008, they got 70, excuse me, they got uh, 30% of the vote. So they did worse in 2008 than they did in 2002. Now, they'll point out that in 2002, they got about the same amount of votes. So what happened was in 2008, more people turned out to the polls because it was a presidential election and more people voted against repealing the income tax. So, well, they didn't point out that uh, it was a presidential election. What they pointed out was that the teachers' union spent significantly more in 2008 than it did in 2002. The teachers' union came on board to the tune yeah. of $6 million, um, and they didn't have nearly the uh, the opposition as they did the last time. So who knows how it would have gone, but... So they're saying they were outspent, and so that they're going to try this again? That they're going to do this all over again and try to raise more money to outspend the teachers' union next time? Is that their plan? Is that their game plan? I, I can't say that it uh, it's a game plan that uh, leaves me feeling any, you know, good in any way. I You know, to me... The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over yes. and over again and expecting a different result. I, I, I will admit it's only been six years that they've been trying um, this. So, well, how long does it take to get these things back on the ballot? I don't know what the process is like down there. I don't there, know what it is either. It's but obviously not easy. The, this time they had they had a lot of difficulty getting on the ballot. What do you think is going to happen with the teachers' union the next time? I mean. I, <laughs> It's Massachusetts. Somebody could get their leg broken, for God's sake. Um, I, you know, I just don't know. I, I, I'm of the opinion that th- now would be a good time to quit. But I, I, I didn't see any point in doing any kind of activism when I was in Florida. Some may say that I, you know, that I, I don't have a realistic view. I don't know. But to me, what makes sense is getting a bunch of people in one area that agree. Free State Project proposes to do that. I just don't understand why they wouldn't move the 50 miles north, move the Free State Project, and put their efforts to work someplace where you're going to get something done. Right, because uh, if it takes some money, the kind of promotion, everything that went into this... My God, if we did that here, it would, it, things would change. Right. They spent $89,000 buying advertisements down there in Massachusetts. That kind of money spent in New Hampshire politics could really put a dent in some of the, uh, the, the statist activities up here. That kind of their uh, level of clout, their email list that they have, the Center for Small Government obviously has a substantial email list. They've been involved with uh, the Harry Brown campaign, which is the Libertarian presidential campaign back in 2000, uh, back in the year 2000. I mean, they, these are people that have they have established names in the Libertarian movement, both Michael Cloud and uh, Carla Howell, and having them come up here would just make them that much more effective. I mean, you're talking about a state with a population of 1.4 million people compared to Massachusetts. There's probably 1.4 million people at least living in the Boston area. Mm. I, I would I would expect more. Yeah, if yeah, if not more than that. So you're going to be more effective up here. What are you thinking? And I know they've been invited up here. I know that they are aware of the Free State Project. You did it, right? I have asked them, why don't you come up this way? Now you failed twice in a row. In fact, you failed worse. Well, you pointed it out, it? but it, I hope you didn't point it out in that manner. No, uh, but it was. It, I was pretty brunt. I mean, it was just an email, just an email from somebody, right? They don't think they. I don't think they really know who I am necessarily. Okay. I mean, we've had Carla on the show once, uh, but I just sent an email to their generic email address saying, "All right, now when are you guys going to come up to New Hampshire?" Of course, no one ever wrote me back. So clearly, they're not planning on moving to New Hampshire. They're going to try this all over again. And I'm trying to find the Michael Cloud, uh, the, the Michael Cloud article. There, he's written about the idea of insanity. 
the idea of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. He has specifically talked about that as a problem that exists in the libertarian movement. And here he is in his organization doing something that's insane. Well, I, Doing the same thing over and over again. In, in fairness, they haven't actually said that that's what they're going to do. Now, there's no point in saying, we'll be back, because it's six years away, and yeah. I think they'll get more off of uh, the, the, you know, the newness of it than, than saying, we're going we're gonna to do it again. I mean, who wants to hear that right now? Uh, who of their d- donors wants to hear yeah. we're going to do Pony it again? Up again, right? Yeah. I just don't. I can't imagine. But you know, here's the when when they make the explanation. Why did we get roughly the same number of votes we as we got in 2002? Because we spent roughly the same amount of money on advertising both years. So essentially, they're saying to the the libertarians out there, you pony up, we'll get rid of the income tax. You don't pony up, we don't. And Thanks for nothing. I mean, clearly the evidence is that in six years' time, you are not able to do anything differently to the point where you could raise more. I mean, if they were really doing something that was so exciting to everybody, and, and it was pretty exciting seeing 45% uh, vote for, for repealing the income tax, so you'd think they would have had a little momentum to be able to raise more money this time around. Clearly, the libertarians, either in Massachusetts and around the country, decided that, well, this effort's about as worth as much as it was six years ago here. I'll give you the same amount of money. Try again. And they tried again, and it crashed, and it burned. It burned bad this time. (laughs) What will it take for them to learn? You asked, Mark, if I wanted to get them on the show here, and I feel like, no, that wouldn't be a good idea because I don't think I could be nice about this. I don't know what – how do you say something to these people? I don't like to – you know (laughs) – I don't like. I just want, um, obviously, for everyone to you know get along and that kind of thing. But sometimes you have to look at the way people are doing things, use them as an example, and and point it out to other folks. Look, if you're out there doing the same thing you've been doing for a decade or more, and it's failing. Yeah, if you've been running a libertarian candidacy for ten years in a row down where you live, and you've gotten two, three, two percent uh, voting returns each time you've been going out there, what makes you think that next time is going to be different? What are you going to do differently next time to all of a sudden rake in this, these extra funds? What is the Center for Small Government going to do in 2010 or whenever it is they give this another shot? What are they going to do differently that's going to jazz people up enough to send them six times the amount of money? Two 2014. Is that as soon as they can do it? That's the stretch from the last time, 2002 to 2008, 2008 to 2014. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you have any insight into this, we'd love to hear from you. You can also, of course, bring up whatever you want. What is wrong with people? Why do they keep trying the same thing over and over when they should know better? It's Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those, including updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the uh, banner that's uh, the uh, right-hand side of the page and all the way at the top. SACL, C-A-I. So my question earlier, which no one has called to answer, so I'm going to go ahead and take a stab at answering it. My question is, why are organizations, liberty-oriented organizations like the Center for Small Government, why do they continue... To, tr- to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. I mean, the definition of insanity, allegedly, is, is or at least one of the definitions, is, is that, doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different to happen. Why do they keep doing that when they should know better? Why, when they, they are aware of different options being out there, do they continue to pursue the same old option? And what we're talking about is, back in 2002 and this year in 2008, they attempted to, they got successfully on the ballot in Massachusetts, a ballot provision to repeal the state income tax. Well, in 2008, it did worse than it did in 2002. 70% of Massachusetts voters voted to keep their state income tax. So why do these people insist on going through this all over again? Why do they insist on going through this exact same motions, trying to get it on the ballot, spending all kinds of money petitioning? First, they have to spend money to hire people to go out and petition because they just can't get enough volunteers to do it. Sure. Uh, you, you spend money to go, to go get people to sign these petitions, and then you go and take them into the state government, and you hope that you have enough, and you hope that they validate them all, and you hope they get them on the ballot. And then if you get if it actually successfully gets on the ballot, then you have to raise more money to tr- to buy advertisements to uh, to explain to voters why they should get rid of the income taxes, though it weren't immediately obvious, and to promote the, the ballot provision, to promote the idea of people going out and voting on it, spend all kinds of money on that, and then finally when the day comes, it, it fails. So you start the process all over again? And the, the really strange part about this, Mark, and I think that the answer is that we're creatures of habit. Human beings are creatures of habit. No, we I, get into I have our a, little. I, I have a different uh, point of view on that. We get into our little ruts, and we just run around, and we do what we do every single day, and that's what we do for the most part. Sometimes we break out and do something a little different, and that's the same thing that's applying here. This is their habit. They don't know anything else. They they know they can run candidates, and I'm sure they're trying that too. Uh, and they can know they can put ballot provisions on, and this is the political process, and this is what we have to do to change things. Except it's not changing. Nothing we've done has worked. So what do we do differently? Well, we could run more candidates, but we've been trying that. We could put another ballot provision on, but let's see if we can get this one to work again. Let's see. Throw up the same. Throw the same stuff up against the wall, and maybe it'll stick this time. Let's just throw more of it this time. Maybe we can get more people to send more money, and maybe that'll make it stick. What's uh, your thought? My my thought is that uh, people will come up with all kinds of reasons why they do or do don't don't do things, but you have to listen to what they say. Uh, people will tell you that the Free State Project's a bad idea for a bevy of reasons. Uh, you know, one of the Too first thing, one of the first things that they come, that comes out of their mouths is uh, Ron Paul. What about writing Ron Paul get better in New Hampshire? For God's sake, it's a Free State Project. Well, I'll tell you why he didn't do better because you weren't here. Yeah. The That's answer is one of the reasons. The reason that Ron Paul didn't win New Hampshire is because you're not here. 
And because uh, the Free State Project is in its early incipients. I mean, it, it's it not- is. It's, it, we're, it's very early. And to th- the Free State Project isn't an elect Ron Paul campaign. No. It's a you know, make the government smaller in New Hampshire campaign. We're not really even that concerned. Ron Paul might be a good weather vane, a good, a good indicator as to where, whether, how it's doing and that kind of thing at, today. And I would say that we are, since Ron Paul did better in New Hampshire than any other state, primary that counted. I think there might have been a primary mm-hmm. way, way, way later by the time they'd already pretty much McCain yeah. was in the bag. So. Anybody could, you know, I don't, doesn't matter. I might as well vote for Ron Paul. Uh, you know, so early on, I'd say, yeah, it, it, it indicates that we're doing, we're more liberty oriented than any other state. Right now, so, even with only a couple hundred movers. Right. So you can effectively look at it from that point of view. And the only county or town, the only town, the only municipality that Ron Paul won was in New Hampshire. So you can look at these facts, but they don't want to see that. No. They want to know why Ron Paul didn't win. So, well, so therefore, for them. Free State Project's a failure. And right. And that, that sort of boost their uh, their mentality of, right. well, I should just stay where I am and do what right. I'm doing here. Because here's the answer. Everybody with half a brain in their head knows that if you're going to have any luck having some kind of libertarian type state, you're going to have to move enough people there. They know we don't have the numbers anywhere we are. They know that the average person voting doesn't know anything about what they're voting on. No. They don't know the name of their representative. They don't know the name of their senators. They don't know that they'd be benefited by getting rid of the income tax. They can ma- name more people from the Simpsons show than they can from the House of Representatives. Sure. I mean, that's how uninformed the average voter is. They're just that stupid. They think that it's a good idea to go vote when they now, don't know what that's they're ignorance. talking about. That's ignorance, Marcus. That's stupidity. Would I get in a race car and drive that thing around? I'm going to die. The fact is, if you don't know what you're voting on, you shouldn't go Let's up there be and fair, vote. Mark, can you name five people in the House of Representatives? Yeah, I think I can. I'd have a tough time. Uh, I, I, I can go that far. But, uh, you know, I, I, I can name mine and just because it, it happened recently. And I'm, you know, kind of focused in. But that really goes to show how uninformed everyone is. I can probably name maybe ten. And that's not that great. So... I don't really think being able to name politicians is anything... Don't get me off track here on that. We're off track. The fact is, you know that the Free State Project, or something like it, okay, it doesn't have to be the Free State Project. You have to get enough liberty-minded individuals in one piece of land, or they, you know, we have to go someplace where we're going to be left alone, or something. Essentially, what we're doing right now doesn't work. And... Telling them, they'll come up with all kinds of reasons. Really, what the reason is, is one of two reasons. Likely, number one reason is your family and friends that you know where you are. An object at rest tends to stay at rest. Right. It's easier to stay where you are than to pick up your life and move somewhere brand new. God bless them. I understand. Those are good reasons. But if we could find the libertarians that are just in a state of flux, you know, they're moving somewhere. If you're moving from here to there for, you know, whatever reason, don't move there. Move to New Hampshire is essentially what I'm saying. You know, but most people, I understand not wanting to leave if your wife has a good job or your girlfriend is, you know, there, your, you know, your ex has the kids and you don't, I understand all of those things, but please don't tell me that the reason is, is because New Hampshire is not doing a good job yeah. as being a free state, because that's not a good excuse. The, you know, I, I, um, I understand that some people will want to move once New Hampshire is free or freer. 
Sure, that's the easy way to do it. That's absolutely the easy way to do Let it. Let everybody else do the hard work. But then those people don't even bother to sign up for the Free State Project. Yeah. So that just goes to show, look how, look how little you care, you know? <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I don't understand why anybody would put the effort into some kind of campaign like the, uh, the, the, the end the income tax in uh, Massachusetts. And then not move. Family and friends, you can go see them. It's only fifty miles away. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's yeah. The, the fact that it's Massachusetts gives them even less of an excuse. You're right over there. You're right across the border. I think Why we should be. Cross up I here? think we should be very. Uh, you know, the Free State Project should be recruiting very heavily in Massachusetts. I agree, and, and they are. They're working. I believe they have a campaign that they're they're working to uh, to put as out. As far there as I'm concerned, Maine socialist too. And and I don't want to. F- Look, I, I realize I've come across as harsh towards the folks over at the Center for Small Government, but it's so disappointing seeing all of this great activists, these great activists just throwing their efforts away. I mean, I feel like they've thrown it away, especially considering they did worse this time around than they had done in the past, and especially considering they should know better. I've dug around a bit on the Internet, and I found uh, Michael Cloud, who's one of the organizers over there at the Center for Small Government, He's been writing these persuasion PowerPoints for the advocates, uh, the advocates for self-government for a long time. And he's a great writer. He really does a great job of, of helping people learn better persuasion techniques. I've been advocating that people pick up his book for a long time on this show, uh, Secrets to Libertarian Persuasion. I think it's great stuff. I think Michael Cloud and, and, uh, and the people over there need to reread one of his articles. And I'll share that with you coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control at 800-259-9231. And it is your show. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. So enjoy uh, enjoy all those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote the show over at promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of different options, most of them completely free, a few of them low cost, like printing flyers, for instance. You can get all that stuff over at promote.freetalklive.com. Help get this show into new ears and spread the message of freedom and liberty. So hopefully some of those people that come across the message of freedom and liberty can get active and bring some new ideas and innovation into this movement because, man... It seems like they've run out of them. We're talking about the Center for Small Government, which is a great organization that does a lot of really good stuff. They created the Small Government Pledge, as we mentioned earlier. And I like Carla Howell and and Michael Cloud. And Michael Cloud has been out there writing liberty-oriented articles for years, putting really great persuasion techniques into the hands of activists and doing it in in an easy-to-understand fashion. I'm a huge fan of his work. And so I'm going to share one of his persuasion points. These, are, uh, these appear in the Advocates Liberator online newsletter that goes out, I think, on a, uh, a twice-monthly basis. And here's per- persuasion PowerPoint number 231. I think Mr. Cloud and Ms. Howell and the rest of the crew over at the Center for Small Government should take another look at some of their own, uh, some of their own writings. Because what they're doing is just madness continuing to try to get the same ballot measure on the ballot over there in Massachusetts to repeal the income tax over and over again, and it fails and it fails again, and now they want to try it again? Here's what he has to say. Then I yell at my teenage daughter, tell her what will happen if she keeps acting in this way and ground her for two weeks, says the frustrated mother. How's that working out for you, asks Dr. Phil. Well, she talks back to me or gives me the silent treatment. She sneaks out late at night, and she refuses to listen, says Mom. Are those the kind of results you want? asks Dr. Phil. No, 
answers the mother. Well, then Dr. Phil discusses different ways of meeting both of their needs. Dr. Phil asks simple questions about actions and consequences, about causes and effects, about behaviors and results. What might happen if you and I ask these kinds of questions about government programs? Anti-gun laws. The Brady Bill and other new gun control laws have been on the books for over 10 years, says the anti-gun activist. We're very proud that we finally have these laws enacted. How's that working out, asks the Freedom Advocate. Are fewer criminals getting their hands on guns? Are there fewer armed robberies? How's that working out? Well, the same number of criminals are getting guns, and we have the same number of armed robberies, answers the anti-gun activist. Are those the results you expected? Are those the results you want, asks the Freedom Advocate. Mm, No. After an honest look at the results, the Freedom Advocate can suggest and discuss different, perhaps counterintuitive, ways of reducing crime. Ways that restore gun freedom and reduce gun crime. Ways of meeting both of their needs. Government-run public schools. We have doubled the number of dollars spent on each child during the last 12 years, beams the politician. But we have so much more to do. You've doubled your spending for each school child in the last 12 years? How's that working out? Asks the homeschooling mom. Have literacy rates dramatically improved? <clears throat> Have SAT scores substantially increased? I'd say they probably decreased. Uh, as far as I've, uh, my understanding is, is that we've been on a steady decrease uh, as far as world education, you know, rating against other students yeah. in the world since World War II. I, you know, maybe there's been some little dips and you know bumps in this, but. I'd say it's going very, very poorly. Have math tests results skyrocketed? Have dropout rates plummeted? How's that working out? Well, we face a number of problems, begins the politician. I'm sure you do, says the mom, but with your doubled spending, are you getting better results or worse? I don't know why, but literally, uh, literacy rates are lower, SAT scores have fallen, math, results, uh, math test results are worse, and dropout rates are nearly 30%, said the candid politician. Are those the results you expected? (coughs) Are they the results you wanted? Asked the mother. Mm, No. Would you be be interested in considering different, maybe even revolutionary approaches to getting children a much better education for a lot less money? Asks the homeschooling mom. Disaster relief, food stamps, welfare, social security, Medicaid, Medicare. Imagine asking Dr. Phil's elegantly simple questions about each and every government, economic, and social program. Cause, what are you doing now? Effects. How's that working out for you? Action. How are you handling this now? Consequences. What kind of results are you getting? Dr. Philip McGraw keeps it simple. What are you sowing and what are you reaping? And then he asks, is this what you want? Sometimes he follows up with, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting these results. Do you want that? This is when Dr. Phil offers new and different choices and actions and the different results they produce. To change what you're reaping... Change what you're sowing. To stop reaping what you're reaping, stop sowing what you're sowing. A wise approach to counseling and to government programs, and I would say also to liberty activism. Well, I think that to some extent, uh, it's not just what you reap um, and what you sow, but I mean, Jesus told the parable of of the seeds and all that stuff, and it's... Not just what the guy was sowing. I mean, because sure, there's bad seeds out there, and if you're sowing the seeds of destruction, you'll get destruction and all that other stuff. But it's also the ground in which you're sowing it. That there's the rocky ground. Is it fertile? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some seeds fell on the road where they were trampled. Uh, Some fell on the rocky ground where they were choked. Mm -hmm. Some seeds fell in the fertile ground where they grew. Look, if you're in Massachusetts, you're in the rocky ground. (laughs) If you're in California, you're in the road. Yeah. The only place that 
seeds are going to grow is fertile ground and you know they're not the, the other ground even if it's fertile is parched because there's not that many freedom activists doing anything there's right. only the only place in America and maybe in the world uh, you know you might be able to talk to me about uh, New Zealand i think some interesting things are going on over there but um the only place that i really you know the, in New Hampshire Freedom is beginning to blossom. Well, yes. To continue with your uh, with your analogy there, uh, what about it's Jesus is not mine? Okay, here in New Hampshire, what you have is a bunch of freedom activists that are actively tilling that soil. Mm-hmm. The freedom activists are all over the place here in New Hampshire, busily working to make sure that this is the best place to do activism. They're out there making sure that the earth is as ready for those seeds of liberty as it possibly can be. And you just don't have the, the kind of concentrations of uh, farm workers, uh, for lack of a better term, anywhere else. Liberty activists are out there working hard here in New Hampshire doing a variety of different things. Why would you want to be anywhere else? Why, when you are aware of the Free State Project, would you want to be anywhere else? With the exception of those of you who have the excuse of my family is sick or whatever and yeah, I need like to stay here. It's, it's fine to say, look, I don't care enough about liberty to move. Either that's a fair answer, I've got sure. a job here that's, uh, you know, that I've got I've to make the money so that I can be able to move. That's cool. My wife and I, you know, we got all our friends here. That's fine. My girlfriend, she's not going to move. That's fine. It's too cold for me. I'm not going to do it. Okay. But don't tell me that you care enough about liberty. You're not willing to do anything. There were people right. in the revolutionary Except go out and vote, vote right? right? Right. Go out and vote. That's fine. You were going to vote, vote for somebody anyway. Uh, you know, there were people in the Revolutionary War that were willing to take bullets for your freedom, but right. that's fine. If you're not willing to, I get it. Right. No one's I saying I might you not have, have moved if it hadn't been for Free Talk Live moving up here ahead of time. You know, and I, I understand. First off, I would say you should sign up for the Free State Project anyway so that you can support them and try to get the numbers up there. But whatever. Whatever. Right, no one says you have to do anything for liberty. But the idea that you, uh, you know, would be active for liberty where you are, what's the point? I mean, if you're not willing to do it, why bother wasting your time? It doesn't make sense. Why go to the Libertarian Party meetings where there are seven people? Yeah. And, and you know, they, they argue over bylaws. Why do that? I don't know, man. Go I out with it. that girlfriend that the reason is you're staying in right. town for. Well, I if did you're that staying stuff. there for your family, take your mom out to Piccadilly. Don't go hang out with the Libertarians when there's seven in your town and right. they're not doing anything. What the hell is that going to result in? What is going to happen as a result? I've been there. I've done that. I've done that activism. I've been to those meetings week after week. I've been the one that went out and actually initiated the activism. And I've, I've gone out and I've done outreach and I've done all of these things in an area where our concentration has been next to nil. And now I'm in an area where I can, I can pick up the phone and I can get people to come out and do activism with me on short notice. I can post a <laughs> message easy. on an internet forum and have people turn out. Uh, we've got some and guy com- the, and, and just the activism, they're also your friends. I mean, you come yeah. up here with a whole group of people. If I said I wanted to climb Mount Monadnock uh, tomorrow, I could post on a message You'd board. You'd have five people Now, probably. and we'd run a troop up there. Yeah. Tomorrow. Morning. Yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, you, I guess you just don't understand until you're here. Maybe you don't believe us. We've had somebody email saying well, they didn't believe what we were saying about this place. Uh, the activism up here. We're not joshing you, man. These I, really are the best activists, and they really are spread all across the state, and they really are active and looking for something to do. Many of them are doing things, and many of them are looking for new opportunities, and many of them are generating new ideas even as we speak. There's always something going on up here. Can you say the same for where you live? There's always some sort of liberty activity every single week here in New Hampshire, maybe more than one. 
Can you say the same for where you are? Or is it what is it is what going on is what's going on where you are just every two years some guy throws in his hat into the ring for Libertarian Party candidacy and uh, manages to get on the ballot runs a campaign you go out and you help him he turns in two percent you guys pat yourself on the backs and say hey we did what we could for liberty it's we're coming 0. back five percent more than it was four years That's ago right. we did everything we could for liberty Ara we'll just try again in another two years is that what you've got going on? Is there anything worthwhile there? Think about that. Hour 2's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right to your phone calls and talk to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Hello, guys. Um, I didn't vote, and Hmm. I've been very vocal about it and uh i'm getting a hard time i uh i i mean i don't really understand that uh since there was really no choice even the republicans that i know the staunch neocons were not very happy with mccain um but yeah i've been getting i've been getting a hard time wherever i uh whenever i talk about it so Uh, what are what are uh, are these co-workers family members uh, all of the above yeah, people at church, uh, people online that I've, I've encountered here and there, and uh, internet forums and so forth. And, well, they've uh, been programmed to believe that you're a bad citizen if you don't vote. Exactly, and 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 you know, and the thing is, is there was no pro liberty candidate nope. on my ballot. There were no, uh, I mean, in the presidential spot, I could have pinched my nose and voted for Nader. Uh, but sure, um, if you want to vote for a as, communist, right? Well, you know, he's 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 right on the war. He's okay on the drug war. It's true. Uh, and but uh, other than that, though, yeah, he's. I, it wasn't worth the drive to go down <laughs> there to vote for Nader. Sure. And certainly uh, in the, uh, I was to be in the. Uh, I was supposed to be on the ballot. Well, I was going to be on the ballot before I dropped out of the race as a uh, pro-liberty candidate against the uh, uh, for the House for the third district of Colorado. But I dropped out of the race just because uh, I, I. I don't know. I just lost the fire. <laughs> Hey, I totally understand. So what Um, are some of these conversations like? I mean, can you give me an example of what you've been experiencing? Yes, indeed. Uh, The the thing that I get the most is, well, then you don't have the right to complain. And how I look at it is I have more of a right to complain than they do. Hey, they're the ones that put these criminals in. You know, I have the right to complain that there was nobody on the ticket worth voting for. Right, and I think think that's the first place thing that I would say is, A, I didn't feel there was anyone that was worth voting for. Um, As far as it goes with the lesser of two evils or three evils or ten evils out there, it's still evil and I'm not willing to do it. Right, are you saying I should vote for something I don't believe in? That's just a question you can ask. I I even said that to a guy, which would you rather have, uh, cancer or a bullet in the head? I said, that was what I felt my choice was like. And he goes, well, I'd rather have cancer. Cancer's curable, you know, totally missing the point of the yeah. metaphor. He'd rather have cancer because <laughs> cancer's curable. I suppose that would be the kind of uh, cancer you had. Uh, there's plenty of them out there that aren't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, just a, it was just a metaphor off the top of my head to show that I didn't really have a choice. I mean, what, what kind of choice is that? And he totally missed the point of the metaphor. Well, cancer's <laughs> curable. <laughs> sure. So, 
Yeah, but uh, I, I, you know, haven't been listening to the show very, very often here lately. I, I've just been extraordinarily busy, so I missed it. If you guys actually went out and voted, I, I've not even, not even heard you talk about it. I haven't had a chance. I to did not. Vo- I did not vote in the presidential election. Uh, well, excuse me. Right. I guess I did. I voted for George Phillies, but that's because he was on the ballot here and he was not available anywhere else. Uh, that's as true. You, yeah. As you know, he was the uh, the Libertarian presidential candidate who was advertising with the show, and he yep. uh, got himself on the New Hampshire ballot. In, right across from Bob Barr, so there were actually two libertarian candidates on the ballot, and since we all know Bob Barr's a big joke and is in nothing, in, in no way, shape, or form an actual libertarian, George Phillies is, uh, is pretty darn decent in the, on the libertarian spectrum, so I didn't feel too nasty voting for George. Yes. I didn't. Uh, I didn't vote for on the the national level. I just couldn't see any point. Uh, as far as doing the math, I realized... That's not going to make a difference. Is is John McCain or Barack Obama? Is our John McCain or Barack Obama going to win New Hampshire based on my one vote? If not, my vote doesn't count because voting That's is right. is not voting for the candidate. It's entering yourself in a chance in a lottery to be one of the 56 people in the United States whose vote actually counts for president because there's only 56 people there's 56 with when you look at Maine and Nebraska and then uh, the 50 50 states and and uh, district of Columbia there's that many different elections going on for president and that's how many of the uh, the electoral college you know you send you send them off there so there's really no point in voting honestly in vermont right. for instance i believe it was it was something like 70 30 for barack obama are you telling me it made a difference whether you voted for barack obama or not um, in vermont or mccain for that matter it doesn't matter who you voted for in Ver- vermont it was such a that's landslide right. for obama who cares yep well and how many people voted 60 million uh, the way I told it to one guy was okay. No, no, no. Million. It was more. What, wait a minute. What? No, it was like 110 million people. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I meant voted for for the winner, right? For yeah, about okay. 60 million or so. 60, yeah. 65. Uh, yeah. About uh, 110 million people. So let's say uh, 110 million days ago, humans hadn't even learned how to cultivate food. They hadn't even learned how to grow their own food yet. Uh, so are you saying that one more or less day would have really made a difference and, you know, we'd be really a lot better off if humans had learned to cultivate food uh, 60 million or 110 million and day one earlier. days ago as opposed to 110 million days ago? You yeah. see, in, in other words, I was pointing out how, how very large the numbers are. You yeah, know? I, I understand where you're coming from in your analogy. I, I'm afraid that it might uh, it might be lost on a, a person that would be so foolish as to say you don't have the opportunity. You don't, you know, now you're now you, you can't complain. Now you can't complain. The yeah. hell I can't. One, one person one person said I was uncourageous. It takes <laughs> courage to drive your butt down there and. You know, wow. check See, off Obama. And this is, yeah, he actually said that. I was uncourageous. Refused it, to talk to me. That, it's, it's, it, <laughs> well, but, you know, but now you're responsible for everything Obama does, I mean, is what you can respond. I mean, how am I not courageous? Look at you. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm going to be here reminding you every single time Obama does something who's against freedom. Mm-hmm. And I am, believe go. me. There you go, man. That's amazing. I just don't understand this mentality. It must be some kind of... I mean, the, the, the whole mentality that they could look down their nose at you because they went and they went and they stood behind their little curtain and they checked a box sure. on a piece of paper that somehow they're uh, they're superior. It, it's almost like a moral superiority kind of mentality, like, well, yeah, we exactly. voted, and what the hell did you do? You didn't do anything. You just sat around and you did nothing all day. What are you out there working? Oh, you think work's important or something? What's important <laughs> is that you go and you check a box on a piece of paper, buddy. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I tell you, I, uh, 
I used to be, I used to have that attitude, and that's the, you know, uh, if you look back at Horace Mann, uh, the guy who came up with public schooling, that's what he wanted. He wanted good little robot citizens, you know, who yep. who go down, they do their duty, and they feel really good about being an American because they were yeah. able to choose which tyrant they wanted to lead them. You know what, you're right, that's what it is. It's it's reinforcing in these uh, robots' minds, these automatons almost, uh, in their uh-huh. minds that this is, this is a good country. Hey, look, you've got a choice here. It's not just like it was in Iraq where you could go and vote for Saddam Hussein or Saddam Hussein. There was only one right. guy on the ballot. Here you get to choose between two people. Boy, that's isn't right. this great? Isn't hey, it great you know, to be listen. in America? I was going to say right before I get off, uh, uh, before I get off the phone here, I'm almost there with you, man, Ian. That Where? Is. I, I've I've been leaning towards Mark. Uh, uh, you know, me and Mark were kind of compatriots as far as the uh, small government, no government thing. <laughs> but it, it, it's like if you think of, if, if you imagine trying to start a car that has has a problem and it's like, you know, and it and then it finally fires off. It finally that that's what I feel like. I've, I feel like I'm at that point of that key turning. The engine rolling over, but it's not quite firing. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, I see where you're coming from. Uh, you should read The Market for Liberty, uh, Steve. I, should... I have it on audiobook. I, we mentioned that. I talked about you that with you last week. I have downloaded that, and I've also downloaded For a New Liberty from the Mises.org website. I have those on my podcast. and I listen That'll get to all your all cylinders firing. Trust me on that. Your there cylinders you will be what firing. I need, I need that spark. Steve, we won't we won't miss you in the land of practical sanity. I have plen- <laughs> plenty of listeners out there that are in my camp. Yes. You know, I still I still really I always say when I talk to my wife, I say, well, Ian's an, an anarchist. I know you don't like that word, but I that's don't. the easiest word I can use to explain to people. Ian's an anarchist and Mark's a libertarian. And uh, I, I think they're both ex- excellent debaters. But, boy, I just lean towards Mark more than I do Ian. And now I think I'm really starting to lean towards Ian more than Mark. And I another defector. No, no offense, Mark. <laughs> well, you know, all you have to do to make me feel better is just say, "Well, I think Mark's got a better personality." You just you just slide that. <laughs> there you go. You just slide that in at the end, and that's fine with me. Mark. You're the better talk show host. Thanks, Mark, Steve. Mark looks, Mark, Mark looks better with a shirt off. Yeah. Hey, that is true. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen, for the call tonight. Appreciate right. hearing from you, sir. And uh, good to know. I haven't got seen any pictures convert. of you with your sh- shirt off, and I. You've seen me with my shirt off. I have seen you with your shirt off, but uh, you know, in uh, my experiences, is that you photograph so well. You know, I don't uh, know. I still I, got a little bird chest, man. I'm, I'm interested. I, I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Got a couple emails here, but your calls are the primary element. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all completely free at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can go directly to listen.freetalklive.com to see all of those listening options. Again, listen.freetalklive.com. Now, are you looking to get involved with other young liberty lovers from across the country? Well, join Bureaucrash and help us fight statism in all its forms at Bureaucrash.com. Also, be sure to check out our pro-freedom t-shirts and other swag at our contraband store so you can quite literally wear your beliefs on your sleeve. Bureaucrash.com. 
com. Very fond of those t-shirts. Very, very fond of them. All right. 800-259-9231. I've seen you inside uh, wearing one of them. I bought one of them. I had to have it at uh, the last Liberty Forum. It's the capitalism one, right? Yep. And I'm, I'm looking for the right size and better dead than red. I just take that, you know. Yeah, it's cool. All right, we continue with your phone calls. We'll jump into some emails here when we get a chance. And also, when we get a chance, coming up, what happens when a school bans sugary drinks? Does it actually do a damn thing to cut down on teenagers' usage? Well, we'll find out. You might be able to guess if you know a thing or two about prohibition. Abel is on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Abel. Hello? Abel? Yes. Or AB? Yes, it's AB. (laughs) AB, sorry about that. That's fine. Um, I, I wanted to make a comment about the Ingawa Trust being on the currency. Certainly. Okay. And I, I'm a Christian, but I have a slightly different view about this. And seeing Ingawa Trust on a fraudulent currency like the Federal Reserve notes, I think is incredibly offensive. Mm. It's, um, it's like... God endorses this lie we're feeding you, kind of thing. That's right, an interesting you know, viewpoint. We, the, uh, the this this dollar is backed by nothing, so we're going to put God's name on it to, in hopes <laughs> that it, it buoys it a little bit more. I've never heard that one before. I think I'd say that's a really original viewpoint. Thank you for that. Um, I, I also want to make a note that as far as the original currency goes, um, if it was like the free banking era, where the bank there were different competing currency types, I guess, and they were all backed by silver and stuff, mm-hmm. I would have no problem with one of those saying, you know, in God we trust, or even having a picture of Allah on it or whatever. It, You know, if I don't like the coin that I got, I could always melt it and make it my own. So. Sure. you and Yeah, in a free, in a free market uh, world where there are various different competing currencies, you could use the currency that you agreed with the most. Right. I have, uh, exactly. I have, I have all kinds of troy ounces of silver from all different places. Some of them are plain, some of them are intricate, some of them are uh, clearly minted and, and you know the like the fine minting process, mm-hmm. others are they're so rough they they feel like they'll take skin off your fingers. Yeah. And so there's all different kinds of them out there. You don't you're not obligated to have any particular type. Exactly. But right. anyway, I just wanted to make a point about that and this is actually my first time listening. I heard oh, the wow. podcast last night, so it sounds good. Well, good work. welcome aboard. And That's I a good think, call. I thank you for, for the, the call. first-time listener. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. 800-259-9231. So there's a Christian saying, get God off of this crap piece of paper because it's an insult to God. And and I'd, like to, I'd like to apologize ahead of time to uh, AB if I say anything offensive about Christianity to you. You know, I'm just scarred, man. That's yeah. all there is to it. Well, I mean, they've really done it to themselves. I understand that there are a lot of Christians out there that uh, that feel like we're too harsh toward Christianity on this show, but Mark, you're always pretty good at making the point that you're not talking about all Christians. You're talking about the ones that are the Pharisee types, the ones that are the seems shove me, their religion down your throat types, right? That uh, force Christ- their morals. Christianity today is populated by people who are actually much closer to the thing, you know, the Pharisees. And these people, when I was uh, when I was young, they would teach the Bible verses. That essentially said, watch out for the false religions and the Pharisees. What they don't realize is that they're they're it. The, the, yeah. You know, we are the you know we saw the we found the enemy and they are us. The fact is, 
they are the Pharisees because the Pharisees were religious leaders who would uh, take the laws, the, the the dictums of the Old Testament, and they'd 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 force them on other people to the point of stoning. Right. And then Jesus said, "He who is without sin cast the first stone." Jesus came to forgive. What would Christians do today? Well, they'll go and they'll vote for their Christian candidate who will enact their anti-abortion and anti-gambling and anti-prostitution yeah, and anti-drug, anti-everything policies. You know, those those are the guys. Is all you have to do is look at their policies. Uh, you know, even if they're gay, they're voting anti-gay. They'll vote for those people. They'll endorse those people, and those people will set up a government that punishes people like prostitutes and you know whoever that yeah. Jesus would never have gone after and punished. I don't he think would he not have tried to force his right. moral beliefs on someone else. He wouldn't have initiated force. And uh, you know what happened to the term Christian? What has happened to that whole concept is very similar to what has happened to the term anarchist or has happened to the term libertarian. I mean, essentially, there are certain people who represent present themselves as Christians who have done real damage to what it truly means to be a Christian, at least as I understand it, as being formally involved in the Christian church. So they've done damage to that term, and I don't know if it's something that can be undone. I really don't think it can. I mean, I'm sorry to say that to you guys out there, but the term Christian, to somebody like me, when I first hear it, the first thing I think of is, oh great, somebody that wants to control my moral system. And I know that's not true for the Christians that I know in my life. Uh, Varen Swearingen, the president, he's back. He's now back as the president of the Free State Project. Uh, Varen is a devoted Christian. And I don't really know exactly what his Christian beliefs are. Because oh, I know because he won't push them on me. He doesn't preach when we're hanging out, when Varen and I are in the same uh, room, when we're all over at Social Sundays or something here in, in, in town. We're talking about various different things around about life, and we're talking about activism and other things. Religion, theology doesn't come up. There's been this conversation going on in the Free State Project message forums where apparently some bigot, some anti-gay bigot has come into the forums and has started talking trash, basically, and it has sparked off this conversation uh, between Dalebert from AnarchyInYourHead.com, who is one of the more prominent uh, gay members of the Free State Project, and as well as some others there. Uh, and the, you know, the conversation has been about, well, the Free State Project does not want to have anything to do with bigotry. Don't bring your bigotry around here because it's not – we don't want to, uh, to associate with people like that. So these, these guys that we're talking about are very, very uh, overtly anti-gay. And if these other religious people that I know feel the same way, I don't know it because they don't say anything about it. Would Jesus ostracize gay people? I mean, if he hung out with prostitutes, would Jesus ostracize gay people? Now, I was told to love the sinner um, and, and hate the sin kind of thing. But I didn't see any damn evidence of that whatsoever in the churches I went to. And look, of loving the sinner, right, absolutely not. They they did not. You know, <laughs> they kicked me out of youth group because I wasn't living at home. I you know mm. I was kind of a bad kid. They were ready to get rid of me so fast. These yeah. people Hypocrites. suck, and I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I went to the same church from uh, you know little kid on up to to high school. I taught Sunday school at that church. I, I got into a, uh, wow. a stint. A lot of good that did you? Yeah. Huh? I, I got into a stint where things weren't you know. I was being a bad kid. Absolutely true. People wanted me out of there. They didn't try to do anything with me. They wanted me out. Right. I went to Christian school from kindergarten through eighth grade. I am not uneducated in this in these areas. And I'm sorry, Christianity and the people that call themselves Christians and, and by and large in the United States. Despicable. 
It's just not what Jesus taught. Yep. 1-800-259-9231. I'm glad we have the good ones listening to this show. It's just that all I'm telling you is the term Christian, I think it's done for. Just like the term anarchist and libertarian is becoming pretty much done for at this point, too. I think the same similar things have happened to all of those uh, those co- concepts. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts on that or whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. It's a lot to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And want to invite you to the Liberty Forum. Come on out and join us as well as hundreds of other liberty-loving people, many of whom have moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And a number, another good chunk of the, uh, the group will be considering a move, uh, and a number of them are in the process of moving, and they want to come up and maybe scout out the state and take a look around. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to do at the Liberty Forum. It's full of socializing opportunities, networking opportunities, panel discussions, speakers, keynote addresses. It's it's like a Liberty Convention. It takes a, a place over one weekend. It's the first weekend in March of 2009, and it's a great excuse to come up here to New Hampshire and meet some of these great activists that we talk about on a regular basis on this program. Um, many of the the names that you hear on this show, many of the callers that you hear on this show, are going to be at the Liberty Forum. So you get to meet all of them, hang out, and have a good time. Plus, you get to see liberty-oriented uh, superstars like Glenn Jacobs from the WWE. He's also known as Kane. Richard Heller is going to be there from the Heller versus DC gun case this past year, and as well as a number of others. You can go get the full list, uh, the current list of the speakers. It's not full yet because they've still a number to a uh, number of them to announce. We're still a few months out, so there's a lot of uh, news to come out about this still. But uh, but what you want to do is get on board and get signed up now. Because if you continue to wait, the price is going to go up. So if you're thinking you're going to want to attend, go ahead and nail down the date, nail it down, you know, get the time off from work, get signed up over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and come up and join us. We're going to be broadcasting live from the entire thing, and it's going to be a good time. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. If you want to save an extra 10%, use our special discount code. It's 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. And I found something else out, Mark. Apparently, they have a student discount that's in the realm of 50%. So there's some sort of question about are you a student on the sign-up form. So mm. if you're a student, you get some serious discounted action on the uh, the Liberty Forum. Well, it's important to have young people, you know. Absolutely. So we'll see you there, and uh, we go to your phone calls. That's the point of this show. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Hey, guys. Hey, Looks Gene. like i got to call you up and correct you again. What's and going tone on? you down a bit again. All right. We were talking... All the time you start ranting and raving about Christian this, <laughs> Christian that. And I keep telling you that even though a lot of your arguments are valid, you're just... Uh, I mean, you're, you're driving people away. And I've now, used well, the example that... I'll uh, let you finish, but you know, I've really got a point against this. Go ahead. I've used the example in the past that I don't rant and rave against... Uh, Choose your group that I disagree with. Um, uh, let's let's just try your atheists. I could rant and rave about atheists. Oh, 
atheists, all the atheists I know, they do X or they do Y. And all I'm going to do is drive away atheists. Now, how does that solve, how does that, uh, uh, how do I generate any uh, liberty-minded Gene, people? Gene, we're not saying that. that. You and I both know. No, I, th- I think that, uh, Chris, I, I think what our new stance, I, I really do believe this, uh, Gene, and you've been around for a long time, and yeah, you've heard a lot of the, the stuff that we've said throughout the years, and some of it's been be- worse than what we've sa- we're saying now. But I think that there's a lot of Christians out there that hear what, we, what we're saying, and they say, you know, that's what I've always thought. And it drives well, them... and certainly you can present that. In a in a in a gentler tone. Now, yesterday I heard you guys throw out the same BS that I hear all the time. Jefferson was a Unitarianist. Well, I mean a a, a, a deist. deist. Well, I have a quote from him right here <laughs> that says that he was a Christian. He says, uh, uh, but he was a Universalist or a, or a Unitarian. But uh, to the corruptions of Christianity, I am indeed opposed. And, of course, Jefferson wrote all kinds of things about the corruption of Christianity, and mm-hmm. I quite frankly agree with him on most of it. But to the con- genuine precepts of Jesus himself, I am a Christian, in the only sense in which he wished any to be sincerely attached to his doctrines in preference to all others. Right. No, so, so he's Jefferson saying, uh, if, if, you look at Je- if you look at the precepts of Jesus, if you, if, if in, in concern to the precepts of Jesus, I'm a Christian. Absolutely. So, right. So he's Absolutely. not really saying that I believe that Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. He's saying that I believed a lot of the things that Jesus said was true. And I, I'd say that a, a lot of that stuff is true. Also, Gene, if you take a quote from me at certain points in my life, you'd say, there's a hard, fast Christian. If you take quotes from me in my life, you'd say, there's an atheist. It, taking a, a momentary snapshot of a man is you know it's it's yes and you can't accuse me of doing that because throughout his entire life he wrote similar things and you can go check it out yourself i have looked at his i have looked at his stuff and he was a deeply religious man and he's probably a lot like me i feel a lot of uh uh, fraternity to him because i feel like he was on a uh, path looking for looking for that philosophical that religious that little bit to to fill in that hole in his soul and I, you know, I I don't have problems with Christians that look at their religion in that fashion. If they believe the Noah's Ark story, Gene, though, I mean, I've, I've got to put them in a category where you know it 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 it's just not it's not pleasant. Well, and Jefferson, he personally had a lifelong uh, little war going with the organized churches, but he gave money to all the churches in his in his neighborhood. He was always a donator. He always went to different churches. He he tri- primarily went to the. I, uh, I give the I give money to Salvation Army right now, Gene, and I'm not a Christian. Yeah, well, Salvation I like Army Salvation church. Army. They do great things. Yep, and but, the Salvation and Army helps those. They help those prostitutes and those others that you claim. Yep. Uh, other churches kick out. They helped me quite a bit when I was in prison. At least, you know what? They didn't help that much, but they really gave me something that made me feel good. I knew they that there were people out there that, that cared. They have a big prison presence. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, you know, because they're down-to-earth people. They, they just want to love people and get people uh, 
on the on a better Gene, track, I don't feel all. as though, to your earlier critique, I don't feel as though we've been mean to all Christians. We have not been grouping them all into the same group and attacking Christians in general. We pointed out there are two specific sects, uh, two specific groups within the title Christian. One group is the real Christians, people like you that don't advocate force uh, forcing others to a specific moral viewpoint, and the other group is the people that do believe in forcing others to a specific moral viewpoint. And unfortunately, you both call yourself Christians, so. So that's all I'm saying is there's a big problem there. If you're calling and yourself a Christian, don't be don't be upset when people confuse you with the Pharisee style Christian. Similarly, if I call myself a libertarian, I shouldn't be upset if somebody confuses me with Bob Barr, even though we're completely and different. And Jefferson called himself a Christian. So you have to realize that when you're using that term, you're including an awful lot of people that you want to enjoy that you want to join you in your movement. So you really should be more specific and say, I don't want the I don't people like the Pharisee types. Right. That's what we've been saying. That's what we've been talking. That's well, just what we spent the last segment on. Go back and Gene, I think that go it's, back and listen. It's fair that you call in and it's fair that you rake us over the coals on this. I'm glad that the clarification happens. This this isn't going to be something that's easy to to solve ever, just because you know where we stand on it, where you stand on it. But I I, I see some validity to what Ian says. You're right. People should be responsible for the words they say. However, well, Ian's right that. People aren't, and they look at labels, and they judge people by labels based on what they know about those labels. It's one of the reasons I don't I, even like to say libertarian. Yep. Well, there's some validity to the, fact, to, to the statement that atheism, atheism promotes communism, and I know that because my wife came from a communist country. So I can say this, I can make that statement and say, oh, because you're an atheist, you're going to wind up a communist. But it's not a fair statement. I didn't say that all Christians were uh, were the moral uh, the, the the type that shoves morals down people's throat. I'm not sure why you keep accusing me of that. Go back and listen to this Ian, show. That's all I say, go back and listen with How an far open back? ear. Just today's program. Go back and listen. We to didn't it. we didn't talk about that. We made a very specific difference a differentiation between the two groups. Gene, maybe you should go back. If I, I will listen, you, I listen to every you, show. You did make a differentiation at uh, during part of that All right. rant. Well, there but you listen go. Listen to the rant in its in its entirety. Thank you, Gene. We'll let everybody make their own decision on that one. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for three bucks a month. That's all that we're asking, and we're just asking because the features on the website are free, unlike those other talk show hosts. They charge you up front to get access to their sites. We give you everything, and then we just say, hey, you want to contribute a little? Send it our way, and we'll give you some perks like access to the Amp Only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more. You get a few bonuses for being an amplifier, but the main reason is to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations, bring more uh, more stations on, more internet listeners on board, uh, go out to the conventions, meet the bigwigs, 
get on the stations and expand this message of liberty as far and as wide as possible. It's working. It's been working. It continues to work for us. Your three bucks a month can make a big difference. Please go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. As we go to the land of WIMS, Rich is listening in Michigan City. Hello, Rich. Hey. Hey. How are you, buddy? Hey, this isn't Rich. It's Rick. You, Ian. This is Rick. Hey, I, yes, it is. Hey, Absolutely. Rick. How are you, Ian? Super. Great to, great to hear you. Hey, listen, I got a quick question to ask you because, you know, being a staunch Catholic myself, I, I guess the question would be, are you, the way when you said, you guys are saying Christians, now a lot of people get that confused. I am a Catholic, so are you putting Catholics in the same category as Christians? Explain that. I just, I'll ask that question, then I'll, I want love to talk to you about a couple things you brought up on Sure. Are the, the, the question I would have to ask you back is, are you the kind of Catholic who wants to impose your moral system by the threat of force of, uh, of governmental action? No, because I am all about free speech, A. B, let me just tell you a little bit about my background. I went to a Catholic school, as did my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. first through eighth grade. My parents, I went to public high school. I, To this day, I have two daughters, one that's in high school, one that's uh, in sixth grade, and I teach both of their religion classes. I go to church every week, but I'm also that Catholic that... Uh, I'm all about, you know, I don't agree with everything that maybe is in the Catholic religion. I'm sure. 42 years old, so uh, I don't shove it down people's throats, but I do believe that the right and the freedom of speech, for example, this show, any news talk personality radio station like WIMS or any station out there should have that right. So I'm completely for that freedom, and I think people should should learn basically how to get in tune with what's going on because – Again, the, the whole religious thing is, as you guys know, is a huge issue, and your guys are getting a lot of great calls tonight on that. I just your input on that. Yeah, so uh, that's my thoughts. Is that what we're talking about is just the difference between these two types of Christians, and I'm sure there are Catholics who would love to uh, legislate their version of morality onto everybody. Whereas there's also, I'm sure, the types of Catholics like yourself, uh, Rick, that uh, that understand the idea of live and let live, that understand the idea of well, if I want to be free to enjoy my religion, if I want to be free to enjoy the tenets that I've uh, put put around my life and my belief system, then I need to to understand and allow others to have their own set of morals and live their life how they want to, even if it's in contradiction to what I believe they should be doing. And if that's the kind of life you're living, then you're A-OK in my book. As soon as you cross that line to say, well, I, whoa, we've got to ban prostitution, whoa, we've got to ban drug use, or whatever else it is that the, the church might not like, then you bring in force, and then you're using force on your neighbors to try to get them to behave in the way that you think that they should behave, and you've automatically undone anything that's uh, in any way godly or or just about uh, about your belief system. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to bring up, just to throw out there, because I know there's probably a, a million people out in the audience that are going to agree with me on this. I have a ton of gay friends, both male and female. I'm all about to each his own. That's the way I was brought up. Uh, when it comes to freedom of speech, go for the freedom of speech. I don't think God, and it's like someone that would say to, let's say I want to go to church on a Sunday or a Saturday night, whatever it is, and I'm wearing jeans and a shirt, and I'm just going in there. If someone's going to judge me on the way I look like I'm not wearing my Sunday clothes, well, that's hypocritical to me. In other words, if God's not going to judge you, and I'm not being religious here, but I am a religious person. I do believe in God, and I have my own thoughts. I say to each his own on that whole level. And, you know, I don't think God's going to judge you when you get to heaven 
on all these other things, a lot of these issues, I think he's going to say, hey, have you been a good person? Have you given? By the way, Salvation Army, love them, have been a bell ring for several years in downtown Chicago. Wow. Uh, I support that, and I support the local Salvation Armies as well. So, I mean, I look at life, I, I make a difference in the lives of others, I give back as much as I can, and I just think that people should not judge, and I'm not saying you guys are, I'm just saying in general, the public right. should absolutely. not judge them, you know, I, you know? Absolutely. When I personally think, and this conversation wasn't about uh, our personal religions, uh, you know, per se. It was about um, you know people that would take their religion and force their beliefs through the through government on other people. But when I think about my personal religion, sometimes I go for and you, Ian, you know this is true that uh, for I'll go for Lent and I'll get uh, the 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 ashes put on my forehead with the oil and stuff, and then I'll give up something for Lent, and I don't even know why. I like it. That's all. It's the ceremony base um, of it. If you relate to your God through, you know, Christianity and or the church or whatever, that's fine with me. I think you should watch out because a lot of these big organized religions are uh, are pilferers. But if they help you to get where you're going, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Um, in the same way that it wouldn't bother me what Borders does as long as they deliver my book to me. Um, uh, you know, so... Uh, but when we started getting into the specifics of um, Christianity, I have some real problems with people that believe that uh, the Bible is the unerring word of God in in the sense of uh, how they deal with reality. I don't like that. Uh, but, you know, to teach their own, if that's how they want to relate to God, that's fine. But, you know, I can I can find myself nitpicking there i i i have a real problem with the uh the religion of christianity as it's presented in the bible and as it was taught to me because it doesn't make any sense to me by the way rock out with the whole Lent thing the last thing i'll say and i'll let you guys go because your show sounds great tonight is that you know one thing that i i'm the rebel kid when it comes to religion i'm the one that's very outspoken i think and i've thought this for years and i'm probably going to get going to get spanking for this one but i think all priests should be married because one thing i oh, yeah. say is how can a priest, and I, and I, with the utmost respect to God, you know I love you, Big G, but with the utmost respect, how can a priest give a couple um, some input uh, about what their marriage should be like if they've never gone through it themselves? And I'm, I'm not going to say that there's any disrespect there. I just think it would be a better form if priests were able to marry. Same with nuns being able to marry. You yeah. see a lot more people getting into being nuns and priests, which, by the way, is a dying fashion. It's the, yeah, it is, and it's the biggest problem the Catholic Church is facing today. They don't realize it, and they're they're so uh, you know rigid that they, they won't change. The reason that priests weren't allowed to marry in the first place was, and they were for the first thousand years of the, uh, the Catholic Church, the Universal Church, um, and then it, essentially they were passing on their little uh, parishes to their, their sons and that was a problem it was essentially turning you know the kings didn't like that the lords didn't like that because they were supposed to be in charge of the land that mm. uh, the priests were supposed to be in charge of people's souls so they made it so the church you know sort of struck a deal and said that the priests aren't allowed to marry and uh, so they, really were, they were doing whatever they wanted the priests were doing what they wanted to do they just couldn't have legitimate children to pass anything on now it's been ingrained for so long that you've got all kinds of problems because the mm. uh, the priesthoods uh, attracting people who have problems with their sexuality 
sexuality, who like are trying boys. to right, who are trying to run away from their sexuality, which I would if I liked little boys, I'd be trying to run away as far as I could from that. And then they end up in the priesthood, and then you know they they find themselves with a great deal of access to little boys, and this is what's ruining the Catholic Church, the Anglican Church. I got married in Anglican Church, and the priest, he, I I'd, I'd see him in his little black outfit with his little white thing there on his neck, kissing his wife. It was the strangest thing you've ever seen. Really? And, you know, it's fine. That's that's yeah. a, that's good. What's wrong with that? The, 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 the guy, as a matter of fact, Anglican priests can turn into Catholic priests and keep their wives if they wish. Really? It's not impossible for a Catholic priest to have a wife. It's just that they have to go through this, you know, this switching over process. Huh. So you see how they're, they don't even have their own it's rules very confusing. put in place. Very confusing. Rick, any other thoughts? No, I just want to say thank you guys. Great show. God bless America. Thank you to all the soldiers that are out there listening. We really appreciate all that you do for our country. Oh, boy, Rick. You opened up a can of worms there. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Thanks to the soldiers that tossed the puppy off the ledge there in that video on YouTube. I love that crap. No, I'd like to say thank you to uh, the soldiers who have decided to truly honor their commitment to uphold the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic and to only follow constitutional orders and who've decided to against their uh, against what might be better judgment to say no I'm not going uh, it, I, it's unconstitutional what you've done here this war in Iraq it's not a war I mean I know that's what they call it on CNN and I know that's what Fox News wants you to believe but they never had a declaration of war I mean this is a simple constitutional issue here if there's a war that you want to fight, you declare it. And that requires a process that Congress has to go through and the president then signs off on and then there's a war. What you've got right now is an undeclared conflict and it's completely unconstitutional. So thanks to those soldiers who have gone ahead and refused to obey bad orders. 800-259-9231 and big thanks to Rick over there at WIMS. He's the GM. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour and final hour of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right back to your phone calls. We go to Mark in Oklahoma. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey. hey. Ian and Mark. Hello. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, I don't think we can make too big a deal about the Federal Reserve because I contend that the Federal Reserve controls everything in the United States of America. Okay. And why shouldn't and we make a deal, they, big deal about that? Oh, you can't make too big of a deal, is what he's saying. Oh, I see. It's an right. issue of we emphasis. Make, yeah, it's, it's extremely important, and we have to get rid of it. No doubt what about they it. Do is we, we know they print money out of thin air. They own the printing press. They're not subject to audit. And I, and I very much suspect that they, they vote money to themselves. They spend it wherever they want to spend it. And then if they go bankrupt, that's not even reported because they are not subject to audit. <laughs> How could they go bankrupt? They print the money. Exactly. And they. And I remember in the 70s, it would come out in the media, gee, we can't understand why inflation, and, they, and the government would come out with this and that, why inflation. Well, inflation is more dollars chasing fewer goods, 
And if you keep printing money and you only print the interest, uh, excuse me, you only print the principal and you don't print the interest, automatically that's inflation because you have to keep printing more money in order to pay the the uh, previous interest from the previous loan. Yeah, there's no way they can pay off the debts. It's just it's just not possible. Right. So the debt ceiling keeps increasing, increasing, and used to be in the billions, and now it's in the trillions, and there's no hope. And I just uh, read in the uh, paper today uh, about, uh, actually on the Internet, that uh, Iceland went under. And Iceland had a, had a great economy. Uh, Iceland, uh, fishing, uh, every, they really didn't need anybody else. They had, an, they, had, uh, they had an internal economy, and I think that was the problem because they were too prosperous. And so anytime the World Bank wants to break somebody, they'll just break them. Well, and I'd like also, to point out there's going to be something going on tomorrow. I, I'm sure you're probably aware of this, but uh, the, to those people that really believe they can do something to get rid of the Federal Reserve, uh, apparently a lot of people are going to be actually meeting up at the Fed bank locations and Fed office locations and holding a protest uh, tomorrow, November 22nd. So that's if you, right. Yeah. And uh, I'm um, speaking to the, the Fed, uh, especially in, in lieu of the fact that, that yes, all 12 uh, – Federal uh, member banks across the nation, they're going to be protest and uh, teach-ins and what have you. And uh, one, uh, one point I'd like to make also is that we're always hearing how the Fed, they get together and they go up in, uh, a quarter percent or they go down in the prime uh, interest rate, which mm -hmm. is the overnight lending rate and such and such. That really has very little to do with it. What has to do with it is where that money goes. They can withhold loans or they can issue loans anywhere they want to in society. And I, and I suspect also that a lot of our, our uh, the, the Republican and Democratic Party, which are, which are shams, the, 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 the reason why these folks have so much money is because the Fed just prints money and gives it to them because they're their underlings. They're their tools to destroy our, our society. Sure. Yep. They, they are totally in control. I agree completely. Uh, I don't know if uh, – I'm not really sure what the end the Fed thing is going to do beyond maybe successfully reach out to a few people that have to be walking by the Federal Reserve offices that day. It certainly will be fun for the, uh, the, the activists to meet up with one another. It's always a good social event. So if you want to get involved in that, you can go to endthefed.us to get more information on what the locations are they'll be protesting at tomorrow and how you can get involved. I know there's going to be, I think, a busload or, or carpool, several car, carpools of uh, activists, liberty activists from here in New Hampshire going to be the, going to the Boston uh, Fed office tomorrow. So all the details over at endthefed.us. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Mark? And one, one last point, gentlemen, and I yes, thank sir. you for allowing me to express my views on Free Talk Live. That's it our job. It is Free Talk, and I enjoy your program very much. And that is that uh, what's the solution? Well, I was a hard money guy, and I still believe that if we had stayed with gold and silver from the inception, from the colonies, that's why they wrote it in, that there would be no inflation. There's no debt money unless right. somebody really wanted to go into debt, etc. There couldn't but be the inflation. the way things are now, the, the elite have all the gold and the silver. We, we, we hear that, you know, there's a scarcity of gold and silver. That... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The elites cut oh, them off. Me. Oh, you're still there. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, yes, but but they they own all the gold and silver. So I'm I'm in favor of Ron Paul. Ron Paul's um, deal is that uh, we just have to print U.S. notes like President Kennedy did and, and non-interest, no no debt money. 
But we'll keep it be up for a while until such time as we're able to get back to gold and silver. I'm sure there's – I know somebody had related a decent-sounding plan at one time over the air, and I, I know Ron Paul, if you put him in charge of it, I'm sure he'd figure out a way to get out of this mess. But I agree with you. If uh, if it had always been gold and silver in this country, we would have no – there there'd be no way to inflate that because it's not inflatable. You just can't you, – you can't really inflate that kind of money supply because there's no central authority printing out arbitrary uh, amounts of currency. You'd have to go and you'd have to you'd have to mine that gold and silver from the earth, and that's work that actually is worth money uh, right there in the first place. So it just doesn't even you can't inflate really significantly a gold and silver currency. Um, and in addition, if we'd actually had gold and silver backed uh, money this entire time, we'd have real sound money to build our economy off of, and we'd have the most. I think we'd have so much more wealth today as a result of that. Absolutely true, because um, you know the the people will always say that if you deregulate, and I'm I'm not for deregulation. Deregulation means that the people that are in charge uh, decide which rules to take away. I'm talking about eliminate regulation. But if you eliminate regulation, that you'll have these boom bust cycles where. Uh, uh, you know that that's what happened with the banking industry, the housing. You know the houses we got more valuable, and then you bubbles and technology and the whole thing. And, you know, and they, they a hearty amen to the above. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks, Mark. Thank, thanks, Mark. All and right, what now, they say, what they say is that you'll have these boom bust cycles. Well, they you will have these boom bust cycles because of the elasticity, as they call it, of the uh, the, the fiat currency that we have. If you had actual money, uh, gold and silver, and you know people traded in commodities like that. Well, you wouldn't have those boom-bust cycles because money would be too dear. What the Federal Reserve, the whole purpose of it is, when they say elasticity is, well, they intend to devalue the currency so that people will be incentivized to loan it. You have to loan in order to uh, be able to combat inflation. You can't just hold on to your money. If you uh, Gold and silver basically will buy the same thing that it would a thousand years ago, you know, right. the same amount of loaves of bread, generally, the same amount of suits of clothes, generally, you can buy all those things with gold and silver the same way you could before. That's They're still worth the same amounts. So there is no inflation. You could hold on to your wealth and not have to worry about it. But because of inflation, you have to lend your money out in order to see a return on it just to match inflation, because right. if, if not, your money becomes less and less valuable as you hold on to it. I'd like to clarify what I said earlier about the, the fact that you couldn't really inflate with gold and silver. I don't know if it's exactly true. I suppose it's possible, for instance, that uh, you could have a big vault full of gold somewhere and you could just decide to sell all that into circulation and technically that would inflate the money supply however it wouldn't be inflation well, as we know it today in that it wouldn't do anything to yes, benefit any military true. industrial complex Bill Gates or, could make a could could probably do something to the gold or silver market but what you have to look at is in a free society with the amount of communication and travel that we currently have people aren't just going to use gold and silver there would be different I, competing currencies I like to talk talk about gold and silver because there are things that people can relate to. But the fact is people are going to use bearer bonds for a boatload of bananas and all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. There'll be different Whatever kinds of value. currencies and people will make people will come up with stuff that I can't even imagine when it comes to currencies. Um, banks will, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll figure out all kinds of different things. And that's right. great. It's fabulous. It's the marketplace competing. But currently, we have a monopoly on currency. So what kind of, what kind of innovations can you expect to see in a marketplace that has a monopoly? None. 
Plus, if all of a sudden somebody finds this unlimited source of gold, let's say they uh, they happen to tap into some sort of mystical cave that just allows gold to continue to be coming out of it at very very little, uh, very very low cost, well then gold won't will, will become worth less um, simply because there'll be more of it in circulation and it won't be as rare as it currently is today. So the value of it will probably go down, uh, but that's okay because in the free marketplace there will be those competing currencies. You'll have silver, you'll have palladium, you'll have the other different uh, metals out there. And th- those will change in value as a result of that. And, and you'll have this constant playoff of the various different uh, market currencies playing off of one another. So there wouldn't be this sort of overarching one-size-fits-all currency implemented by the, the Federal Reserve Bank and forced down everyone's throats. No one would be forced to take gold. If they didn't want to take gold... They wouldn't have to. Business owners would be able to decide what currencies they did business in, and the marketplace would decide because of all of the individuals doing transactions and businesses doing uh, business out there, all of their individual decisions, the trillions of them all being made, will decide what are the best currencies for the market. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Did you know that... Over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's emails. Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential. It's guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can sign up for a free account today at PrivacyHarbor.com. We continue with your phone calls, and we'll talk to Todd in North Carolina. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Todd. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? Thanks for having me. Uh, can you hear me okay? Good to have you here. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, yeah, I was just going to comment. Uh, you were talking about how bringing the gold and silver standard back would uh, bring prosperity, and I'm not so sure if that's true. Okay, why? Um, I, I, well, I don't think there's any doubt that the professional system helped to uh, spur uh, commercial development. I think the problem is letting the private sector control that. You're saying controlling a- fractional reserve lending? Yes. Okay, so you're you're con- you're contending that the uh, the government itself should issue its own f- fiat currency rather than letting the uh, Federal Reserve System lend essentially money to the federal government went through with treasury bills or whatever it is. Exactly. Okay. Um, I, I don't exactly think they would do a perfect job, but they would do better. Um, do you have anything to back it up? I don't. Okay. Uh, I'm not militant about this, and I don't know a lot about it. Okay. I'm just actually starting to learn about economics. But well, I, I'm I'm hearing more about this too, and I would like to hear. I'd like to to find an expert that I can study on the internet, and I haven't yet been able to do it because I'm not ready. I don't dismiss things out of hand without having studied them. I I distrust the idea of fiat currency completely, and I do agree that uh, the elasticity, as they call it, which is essentially it's a, it's a nice way of saying lying um, or stealing. Uh, you know the you know the elasticity of fiat currency does help with the development of businesses but it, what it may do is 
It create, creates booms and busts. Creates a booms and busts, and, divis- and businesses that where people will take larger risks than they would otherwise. You know, in a, under a gold standard where money has value, and you know, it might be of gold standard, it might be something else, but in a private private currency situation where money has real value, people will be more careful. They'll grow their businesses more slowly over a long haul, and then they're providing a better service to the public, to themselves, and to their employees all at once. That's what I've seen so far i'm willing to investigate what it is you're talking about but but why wouldn't you want money with uh, with real value backing it why would you want to continue on with a fiat system well i'm not so sure that all the value lies in the money you know just as uh production amount against the amount of money decides inflation i think that no I think no 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 no, no 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 i'm sorry maybe i'm misunderstanding you you said what was your defi- definition of inflation before I go on? Well, when you when you've got too much money in the system, when when more when the money system is diluted. Right. Okay. That's what, inflation is an increase in the money supply. Right. So it's somebody turning on the printing press. Right. And that's what the government does. And I'm, the Federal Reserve is its. I mean, yes, it's separate from the government, but they're also inherently connected to the government. I mean, the the uh, the, the president names people to the Federal Reserve Board, for instance, as I understand it. And so what you've got is a situation where because it's a fiat system, they can print out as much as they want, as often as they want, and that's inflation right there. As soon as they print out an extra dollar, you've got inflation because they're increasing the money supply. Whereas if you're dealing with a private market-based situation when it comes to currency, then the various different uh, currency providers in the marketplace, just like we have different burger um, burger companies, are competing to offer the best uh, monetary product to the market. And so in that uh, in that competition, they won't be able to get away with offering fiat currency because the people want – I mean, when they understand what value-backed money is, they understand why they want it. And the reason why we want value-backed money, one of the number one reasons, is because it can't be inflated. They can't just flip on the printing press and make gold out of thin air. So it's it's uh, it, it, your money is safe. It's protected, which means that savers are a hell of a lot better off in an, in an economy where you can actually have some value-backed currency, whereas if you try to save money for some sort of whatever reason you want to save it for, maybe it's to invest uh, in the future or whatever reason, you're losing your money. So there's really no incentive to save in a fiat economy because if you just keep that fiat money around, its value just ticks down and down and down as they continue the inflation process. That's just one of the reasons to have a value-backed currency. Any thoughts? I think we lost him. Sounded like he was on a cell phone. Mm. We continue on here and talk to Frank, listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, I had uh, called, I guess, several months ago and mentioned that back in the 1980s, I had a conversation with the late Walter Riston when he talked about the notion of uh, sort of uh, a cashless society with an electronic uh, money base as opposed to, you know, the uh, dollars that we have with the Federal Reserve. And he, he really made a very interesting case that you could provide, provided there was a monopoly that controlled the money, uh, you could prevent the business cycle, the booms and busts of the business cycle that sort of capital, that sort of characterized market capitalism. And again, uh, with the fiat currency, uh, as we have seen through most of the 20th century, you can have tremendous periods of economic expansion, the creation of wealth, the creation of corporations, and then you have at certain key points maybe twice 
in a century, uh, a restriction such as in 1929 through 1934 and what we're going through now. So ultimately, if you look at the historical perspective, you can do a lot with the money supply when it's a fiat system or controlled by a central bank. But you also have, at the same moment, the capacity that you can collapse the whole system, which is what we're seeing now, and which is what happened in 1929 through 1934. So in a sense, I think you have to be, uh, you have to understand, in a sense, the function of money, the function of capital formation, and the errors when you do that without regulation. And we have seen that we've had regulations on the book uh, from 1934 with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Those regulations were subverted and not enforced with Ronald Reagan in uh, 1981 through the present. And now we see, you know, what can happen when, quote-unquote, market forces that reflect uh, vast formations of capital in the monopolistic or not all oligopolistic uh, system can you really, you know, destroy the system. And I want to also remember, I well, want you to remember you that we've on, never Frank, had a free market in the history of mankind. This is true. We have not had a free market. And, right. so and that's of, why I'd like to point out that in a true free market monetary environment, the regulation that you're seeking will be provided by the marketplace as well in the no, form that's of... that's not what Adam Smith said in Wealth of Nations at all. I don't care what Adam Smith said. very careful about... <laughs> I don't, haven't the read the book. I can't comment market. on that. Thank you, Frank, for the call tonight. Yeah, the, the free market regulates itself, and that's one of the things the free market does. Does best is there are third-party organizations that form automatically based on market demand to oversee things and to approve things and to put their uh, their seal of approval on things in order so people know that uh, that uh, business is do- being done on the up and up and it's being done safely and that it's being done on a trustworthy basis. That's why we have organizations like Underwriters Laboratories and ETL that check out various different products and verify them for safety. That's not anything the government created. That's the marketplace doing it because they want to keep you safe. So you can keep buying stuff. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, including archives. So if you've missed a moment, just click and download. They're yours free at freetalklive.com. We continue with your calls about anything, and we go to Nigel listening in New York on the amp line. Hello, Nigel. Hi. Hey, Nigel. What's on your mind? Mark, you frequently said, you know, that some amount of gold can buy you the same amount of stuff or the same kind of objects today that it can could a thousand years ago. Yeah, And I think much. that's a good point, but something that, that's probably important to highlight with that is that what you're buying is also of a much higher quality than the same thing you would have been buying a thousand years ago. You know, the bread that you can buy with a certain amount of gold, you can buy the same amount of bread, but today it won't have sand in it. That's you know, correct, uh, but you know you and you, you. But you've got to understand, it's the people that are <laughs> that are buying those things. Uh, you, you don't have the. You don't have the um, sophistication from the the consumer. I, you, you know, a loaf of bread likely was a loaf of bread to most people at at a time when I don't know. You know how much silver would have, will buy a loaf of bread. Let's see, a loaf of bread's about two bucks. Uh, silver's at about. Oh, wait, no, I'm... 
I, I'm not denying that, Mark. I'm just saying that at the same that at the same time, the value of the gold is going up because everything is of higher quality. Whereas what you could previously buy for that amount of silver would be worthless. I think today. it's more more because accurate to say that. Brick. I think it's more accurate to say that competition is uh, is increasing the value of the things that uh, you know the, the the quality of the things that one can buy. With but the cost gold is silver. going down too. At the same time, I mean, innovation and competition are also bringing costs down at the same time, right? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't uh, looked at computers or anything, but I have you know I have done a little research on the gold uh, as far as loaves of bread and suits of clothing. There you go, Nigel. Anything else? No, I mean, I just, I just thought it, that that it's a good point. A slightly different way. It's a good point. So, I appreciate that, Nigel, and thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Cassie is on the line in Oregon. Cassie, you're on Free Talk Live. Cassie in Oregon, going once. Cassie in Oregon, going twice. Let's try Dan in Illinois. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Hey there. Hello. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Great show, guys. Thanks, Dan. Uh, always, periodically, tune in to you. Um, well, whenever you can tune in, we're here. What's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Well, what's what's on my mind? Uh, you guys are all up in New Hampshire, correct? Well, we're not all up here in New Hampshire, but it, th- those of us who are hosting the show the are. The ones talking to you are. <laughs> yes, we, Mark and myself, are in here in New Hampshire. I, I, I listen to a lot, a, a lot of um, all all my news I get from the Internet. And it seems to me that there's a lot of, uh, there's a, a very large congregation of uh, freedom people such as myself and y'all mm-hmm. uh, heading in this area. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out what the reason for that is. Why why, why, why New Hampshire? Have Is this your first time listening to the show? Uh, no, no. I've listened to a lot of shows. So you've heard uh, us talk about the Free State Project, right? Oh, of course, of okay. course. Yeah. So you're aware this that is, this is this is a, a concern that I have in my belly. I've had it; it just gives me an uneasy feeling in my belly, and I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I've, I've tried to call into your show a few times, and you guys are so good. <laughs> it's like my arm is numb from holding on. You have a lot of listeners. And, well, well uh, here you yeah. are now. Let me let me just get a couple of uh, points in here, questions for clarification. So you've heard of the Free State Project. You understand that it's a movement that is designed to bring as many activists to New Hampshire as possible. But you're curious as to why New Hampshire was chosen for it? <clears throat> no, I'm not really curious. I am more concerned than I am curious. You're concerned? I'm, why? I'm an old, I, well, I'm, a, I'm an old science guy. I'm, a, I'm an old guy. I'm okay. old, well over 50. And... I'm I'm in a science. I um, I have done a lot of research. I, have you heard, are you familiar with HERP? <laughs> I the the, uh, the 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 thing up in Alaska that uh, supposedly is uh, well, controlling right, the weather. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, every, yeah, everybody, yeah, exactly. Everybody refers to the place up in Alaska. Well, a year to date, there's approximately 52 uh, of these stations throughout. Our, our world right now, our planet, okay? And to understand how these things work is, um, it, it's, not a, it's not a lot to understand, but they can pinpoint <clears throat> areas, uh, but not big areas, yeah, not small areas, but very large areas. And when, when, I, when I, 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 I get concerned because of my of military in my head, when you want to take and surround somebody, let's congregate them in one group and then take them over. I mean, harp. You have. I, I get. I, I, there, there's 
Everybody needs to put out what is in their head and what's in their heart. I don't care if you're, you know, a Catholic, uh, an atheist, uh, and myself, I just, I believe in divine intervention. I get, you know, when these, these, these things that we're, we're fighting right now, yourself and myself, when they decide to flip that switch, where do you think they're going to flip it to? What are you First suggesting? Place? What are you suggesting that they can do? I mean, you're saying they have these uh, harp stations in 50 different locations. What is it? What is it you're suggesting they could do with it? Some people have said oh, they well, can control they, people's minds. Is that what you believe? Well, no, no, I, no, I would. You know, you control people's minds. I don't. I, I, I don't get into all this control people's mind stuff. So what does it do? Uh, that, well, harp, harp is able to do a lot of things. Um, mostly it can, it, it can make you very ill. I'm, 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 um, I'm an old medicine guy also. I don't, uh, I've, I've never in my life been to a doctor. Um, I, I don't get sick. I, um, I, I believe in natural health and things of this nature. So are you I, suggesting that I have to keep asking questions for clarification so I can understand where you're coming from. Are you suggesting that they could, like, flip on some sort of, uh, radio transmitting device <laughs> and all of a sudden make everybody in New Hampshire sick? In a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. I give you, a, you know, depending on, you see. Uh, I and and the reason example. they would do that is to what? Well, it shuts you up. They want to shut. They want to shut all of us up. They want to shut us up. Okay. So do you think that we're? Do you think that we, uh, whoever we are exactly, um, we are having any success against the the people that control harp um, by being spread out all over the place? You'd have more success being spread out, opposed to being congregated in one area. Like I said, like what you're doing right now is is very good. You guys have a beautiful show, and there seems to be a lot of people, and I can't figure out why. Well, I, I shouldn't even try to figure out why. It scares me to um, all of us be silenced by something. You know, a lot of us being silenced okay. by simply congregating in one area. Yeah. And Harp is very capable of doing this. I and see where you're coming from on that. And so, you know, they're also capable of dropping an atom bomb. Look, I don't know if Harp is true or not. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's just some experimental program that is just another government is just another government boondoggle. But look, no, no, even if please. it's true, whether it's true or not is irrelevant. Uh, because even if it is true, it's just one other weapon that they have to use against people. And the fact is, we already know they have dangerous, destructive weapons within their hands. They have the ability to drop nuclear weapons on people. They've had that ability since uh, back in the time of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So if they wanted to do all kinds of manner of destruction, they could do it with their, uh, you know, with with a bomb are, if they are, wanted those to. Are very, those are very loud things, you know, nuclear bombs. This, this well, is, wait, you don't think anybody would notice if all of a sudden everyone in New Hampshire decided to keel over because they were sick to death? No, 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 it wouldn't, it wouldn't be. It's not that dramatic. See, that's what the problem what is. What are you getting these, at, then? How sick are we these, talking these about? Are very, these, are, these are very very fine-tuned uh, DNA structured deals. DNA and, and, structured uh, deals. What now, does I thought that mean? Harp was a resonant magnetic thing. I mean, what's that have to do with DNA? Well, no, you can you can you can go into res you can go into resonant frequencies uh, uh -huh. and DNA. Oh yes, and a DNA in a heartbeat. But, but wait 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 wait. I'm I'm this old science guy. I, I need to pick your brain on this. What does the resonance? Uh, I mean, resonance is sound. What does sound do? I mean, are you telling me that it actually changes the connections in the uh, the double helix there? I mean, you're 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 moving it up and I, that doesn't make any sense to me, sir. 
Okay. Well, here let's let, let's look at let's let's look at it from a from a from a maybe a different point of view. You got ten seconds. If you if you, if you okay, ten seconds. All right. Uh, let's look at a little bit of um, 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 Dr. Clark's frequencies for healing reef reef frequencies that make you sick, make you make you well. I see where you're coming from. I want to hold this guy over. Hang on, dude. I want to bring you back. 800-259-9231. I'll tell you why I really find all of this irrelevant. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll be able to sneak your call in if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231, or rather we'll do our best, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends over at SACL CAI. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, if you like the show and you want to help Free Talk Live, you can do so by doing your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. All you need to do is enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you need to buy, new or used, enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and feel good because you're getting the products you want at the prices you're looking for. Super Saver shipping is free on a whole lot of items, and Free Talk Live gets a a cut. So enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now we go back to Dan listening in Illinois, and Dan, you're telling us that we should be scared. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Because there's uh, some radio transmitters out there that could possibly be cranked up real high and make it so we all get sick. You say that they call it the HARP project. Now, HARP really does exist. It really is a governmental project, but it seems to me to be nothing more than just another It's probably about as effective as most government programs, which, which means next that it's an extraordinarily amount, a large amount of money and doesn't bring anywhere near what they promised in the first but place. But let me see if I can reset, and then if I'm wrong about my what I've interpreted from you so far, you're welcome to correct me. But so far, from what I understand, you're saying, whoa, whoa, all you free state activists, be careful, be warned. What don't they're get trying the same, to do. Don't get in the same la- right, la- landmass tr- because they'll turn their magic ray right, beam the, on you and make you all horribly ill. Well, it almost sounded like the entire thing was a great gov- government plot. Like the, the whole free state project was indeed part of the plot to gather free, uh, liberty lovers together so the government can wipe us all out in one fell swoop. Is that what you're getting at? Uh, no, not exactly. All right. Not exactly. The situation uh, could that that is a possible situation. <laughs> if I wanted, it's if I wanted, if I wanted to take, and I had this this kind of technology behind me, and I wanted to silence a group of people, mm-hmm. and I know they're congregated in one group. Well, Again, I can do it. I can do it in a flip of a few switches. Sure, strategically that would work. I, I totally get what you're you're saying there. But my question to you would be would be this then. Um, it, likely you believe that there's some powerful uh, family or group uh, that's controlling the world. Uh, let's call them the Schnurgenbergers. Um, okay, what have we done? What have the freedom activists and the uh, the the truthers? What have they done? So far, one successful thing they've done to slow down the Schnurgenburgers. That's a way, deafening silence. From the, from the way from the way things are accelerating, actually nothing. Okay, right. so okay, okay, so the point is that staying spread out hasn't worked. So getting congregated might work. Now, it could be very well be that there's a magic ray beam all over the world that could uh, make us all <laughs> ill, but likely if they have a mag- magic ray beam that could, uh, that could target a uh, geographic landmass like New Hampshire and, and get, get us all ill in that particular area, they might oh, very, very well me, be let, able let to, me, maybe, to go maybe, after maybe, our maybe, DNA maybe, specifically soon. I mean, maybe, they can make maybe, a magic ray maybe, beam maybe that can just get you anywhere. I can, 
maybe I can clear this. Is how maybe I can just give you a little focus in your head how this technology works. Okay, good. What, what's really odd is that uh, everybody, when you speak of harp, when you say something about harp, everybody automatically goes to Alaska. Uh, that's Did I say Alaska? Twenty years, thirty years ago, harp. There, there are a little over fifty some odd locations. You've, you've already told us that. Now okay. tell us about the. Te- so you said you're going to tell us about the technology. So here's how this stuff works. Okay, go. I, I want you to take and, and just picture in your head a mirror that's, let's say, 20 miles up into the atmosphere. Okay. Okay. This is the way HARP works. What it does, it accelerates our ionosphere, it actually turns it into plasma, and it turns it into a mirror. So now you have a mirror, okay? And let's say off this mirror, you just have a little laser beam that's, you know, 20 miles away. Now you can take your little laser beam. Okay, and you can shine that little laser beam light anywhere you want it and just move your mirror around by adjusting the way your transmission of your uh, antennas are going. So does it stop being a mirror when you're done? (laughs) And if you adjust the antennas correctly? Do do your lights in your home turn off when you flip the switch on off? They do. They do. So so they shoot a laser beam at the mirror, and it shoots down and affects the DNA okay, of all of the people. A, this, in... is a, this is a metaphor. This is crazy. This is a metaphor. Okay, I'm going to explain to you how these things work. Okay. The way okay. they work, okay, is that, again, you have a mirror, yep. and you're mirror. playing with your child with a little laser beam pen. And you got a mirror, a little laser beam pen, and you can make that thing go. You can make it move around your home. Dan, you, I, I get the technology, Dan, and I've let you explain I it, but it. you it didn't answer, <laughs> you didn't answer the question. The question was, we're facing a, gr- a global group of uh, people that have all the money and clearly technology beyond my imaginations because they can shoot laser beams off of uh, the ionosphere they've turned into mirrors. No, wait, 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 wait. They've, you know, they, they clearly have a, you know, huge technology beyond what you and I have access to, so... What we've been doing up to this point hasn't worked, right, Dan? I mean... He's already admitted that. It hasn't worked, so why not move into a single geographic area, try that, see if that works? Because clearly we don't have a hope against these people who have all the money and all the power, and we haven't had been able... You couldn't name one coup that uh, the truthers have had against the Sturgenbergers, so why not give up or move? There's a lot of hope. Here, let let me finish up. There's a lot of hope. The only thing I'm saying is there's a lot of hope. And I thought this was funny. I, 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 my, my family, uh, when I was a boy, when I was a child, we used to take what we call weekend warriors. And There's you'd be surprised. Going, you'd, be sure, you'd be shocked. <laughs> Anyhow, you can protect yourself from these things. And, you know, oh, I can I buy something? Can I buy a product that will keep <laughs> me safe from harp? Can I wear a little necklace or something? Or maybe a tinfoil hat? <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. They could just drop one of those on us, and it would solve the problem. If, if the uh, Schnurgenbergers are worried about uh, what's going on in New Hampshire, they would have focused their little laser beam, their super magic ray, um, ray out in the, you know, all 50, in the 50 locations around the world and wiped out Free Talk Live already. Well, you know what they could do? They could just go out the, and, and take out the entirety of the, the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua in Mar- you know, the middle of March or early March next year. They could have done it they, earlier they this year. Last year, this right. year, uh, the year before, I mean, we've had two two Liberty Forums up to this point with a, a vortex of Liberty. Ron Paul was there. Man, I mean, they could have gotten really, them all. If the, yeah. You know, if Ron, Ron Paul was probably the most dangerous uh, Liberty lover in right. America, why were they, they thinking? get him then? What were they thinking? They, and they could have done it subtly, according to Dan. They could have just flipped on their little harp transmitter. And, and no take, one would have known the difference. They
they right. could have made could've everybody would have been def- deathly ill. They could have mixed their DNA to the point that come Lots on madness. Please, please, why do people spend any time researching this this absolute insanity? It's really crazy. I don't know. Maybe it's because they. It's just I have no idea. They, it's like I you mean, suggested before. Maybe they want to feel like they know something that other people don't know. These are the same people that blew up the Hubble. I mean, they can't do anything right. They don't have a mind ray. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you know what? Even if they do, Mark. Even if it's true. Even if what old Dan said is true. <laughs> I don't care, man. I'm not going to sit back where I, I'm not going to go back to my old life in Florida and sit down there and watch as tyranny is on the rise around me. I'm going to be in the best place that I possibly can be for the advancement of liberty in my lifetime. And I know for a fact that that best place is right here in New Hampshire, surrounded by people that are of a like mind. And if all of a sudden we all start getting sick, well, you know what? At least we had a good damn time doing what we did and we've enjoyed each other's company and we've done everything we possibly could have done for the advancement of liberty. Liberty, as opposed to sitting on my ass or well, sitting on your ass down where you live and doing nothing. Conspiracy theories ju- like this don't accomplish anything. Is all they do is they, they spread, scare people. They, they spread fear. I'm not, you know, it may be true. It may be that the government has a magic mind ray. But wh- what? What are you going to do about it? They've got a mind ray for God's sake. Right, so you, you either if if you if you make too much noise about it, they're gonna right. well. You know the reality is they'll they wipe can, you out of people's memory. Even for if God's they don't sakes. have the mind ray, the reality is if you make too much noise, they could round your ass up physically, put you in a camp, and you know deport you to Guantanamo if they want to do that. They could disappear you. They could kill you, bury you in a mass grave. They could do all kinds of horrific, terrible things that they don't need special technology to do. That all they need are men with guns to take care of, and they have enough. Men with guns. So I present afraid, to you a fully functional Death Star. If you are afraid of what the consequences might be for being active and outspoken for liberty, you should just stay in your mom's basement where you currently are, and you huddle there. You go to work from time to time, come home, now, call saying, all the crazy talk shows you want to, and talk about all your nut, nut job uh, kookery, and nothing will ever change for your life. You'll live your entire life out being absolutely paranoid and crazy, and then we're going to be having fun here in New Hampshire doing activism, and we're going to be having a good time doing it and socializing and making new friends and bringing new people to liberty and if it turns out they drop a flipping atom bomb on new hampshire well at least i don't have any regrets for my life i've enjoyed every single aspect and every moment of it and i don't look back one moment i wish somebody would call up harp and tell him to turn up the heat here in new hampshire because it's going to be like (laughs) nine degrees tonight we are out of here. Ring, ring, harp, please turn up the heat. Hey, I'm sorry. If we didn't get you on, call back tomorrow night. We promise we'll get to you then, especially if you call early. We'll see you, uh, see you then. Live Saturday edition is tomorrow and online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.